What's at the heart of content marketing? Why should I even do content marketing in the first place? How do I get the best results from it? If these are some of the questions you have, don't take our word for it. Let's talk content marketing with industry professionals. Discover its power and confront its challenges so that you can stand out from your competition. Join Ethan and Hendrik Baird from Baird Media and let's talk content marketing. Jason Subramani joining me here on Let's Talk Content Marketing. I'm Hendrik from Baird Media. So, Jason, you're in a very small town. Tell me a little bit about your history, where you're from, where you studied, how you got to where you are today. I started working straight out of high school. I did a few odd jobs until I ended up in shipping. And I was in shipping for close to four years. But in that time, I was still looking for other avenues to make money. So I picked up copywriting, some freelance work. So I did that as well. So that's how I started getting my journey into digital marketing. After about four years of that, I joined a startup agency called Whirlwind and grew with the company. It was a company that was also doing copywriting and wanted to get into SEO. And, you know, when you grow to a company like that, that is taking on SEO, they think they know what SEO is. When you start doing it, you realize they have no idea. <laughs> so it was kind of those things like you learn by doing. And so I learned online marketing and digital marketing, the online way through YouTube, through reading different articles, online courses. So I had a bit of upside. Now I'm with the big agency, you know, an international agency as well, which the ball game is completely different. Those lessons that you learn, those basics, doesn't matter the size of business, they really do carry on for different sizes and different types of industries. Content marketing obviously is a sub-genre of marketing or a subsection of marketing. How do you define content marketing? What is it? Content is just creating content. And content, as you say, it can be really broad. Making a blog post is content, making a YouTube video, our podcast that we do now. It's all types of content that can really reach people. It's about creating something on any different platform that speaks to your users. And how does it differ from advertising or some of the other marketing pillars? Advertising is like, okay, I'll be scrolling and I'm going to throw this in your face. Like you see pop-up ads or you have certain items that you want to market and you see on a TV advert. That's kind of intrusive, like you going after that. Content marketing is that in a sense, but it's more broadly is creating content that you, where users are looking for something specific and you hoping that they find you. Why should one do content as a marketing method? What is the value of it? Well, versus having just a product, a lot of people, they're doing their research first. You know, they're not seeing something on TV and being, hey, I like that product. I'm going to go out and buy it. Or they'll look at that and be, okay, I'm going to do my research. What is this? They'll be Googling, hey, have you seen reviews about this? Or what does this actually do? And most of the time, you actually just have a problem that you're searching for a solution for. This can be as a, you know, as a business or as a regular guy off the street. So that's why content marketing is very important because you'd be able to create the content that not only promotes your product, but answers questions within a vegetative field or just gets a brand out there like, hey, you're answering questions that the guy off the street is answering. And that's how they find you and establish as a thought leader in that industry. So, so how would you know what those questions are that they'd be looking to answer? First is always do your research, know your product. You know, you find a solution. I mean, if, you know, you identify the problem and then you find the solution. So if you are selling a product, you'll know all the things that it's fixing. I think a lot of people, when they're doing content marketing, especially, they focus so much on the features of what their product does, but they completely forget the benefits, like mentioning, hey, this product can automate this or this product can fix this problem. But you're not answering the picture the benefit of, hey, this product will give you more time to do A, B, C, and D, or it'll you know, make your processes run smoother. 
So I feel like that's a very important thing with content marketing is to obviously you do know those problems, but by showing that, hey, this will actually change your life versus, hey, we have product is only doing certainly these are the features. I think it's an important point you're raising there because if you're just going, guy, buy my product, buy my product, you're basically doing advertising in a sort of content form manner, aren't you? Instead of finding out what the issue is that they need, what are their pain points really, and how does what you do or sell solve that? Exactly. I mean, you take Red Bull, for instance. Red Bull is an energy drink. They're famous saying Red Bull gives you wings. It doesn't really give you wings, but it's not just about giving you energy. Look at how they market themselves, the things that they sponsor, look at their ads. It's like the promise is different. They're not just giving you energy. I'm giving you energy to go out and do things. Same with, I mean, using Monster Energy, the same. Look at the things they sponsor. They sponsor rally car racing, a whole lot of extreme events, just like Red Bull does. Again, the promise is like, I'm not going to give you energy. I'm going to give you energy to do this. That's something that kind of gets lost with a lot of advertising. Like, hey, my product gives you energy and it stops there. Like, hey, go out and do more. So the promise is a lot more different. And that's kind of what people need to start marketing. Reach those pain points. And show that my product's not just fixing a problem, but it's actually changing your life. So content comes in many different shapes and sizes. In your opinion and experience, which one works the best? Because I know people don't like to read. And lots of people like videos and TikTok is becoming very, very popular. Where do you think is the sweet spot? What works best? I always say this, go where your customers are. And you might have a big video, maybe a brand where, hey, your customers are mainly video watches if you taking it from that. So maybe you have a certain service or you're selling a product and your users are, hey, I'm Googling how to do certain things and your product shows up. I feel it's so underrated because of the ease of it, of to be on multiple platforms. You can take a LinkedIn post. That same LinkedIn post can be copied and pasted onto Twitter, copy and pasted onto Facebook. Yes, your market is maybe not necessarily there, but I mean, the effort it takes to stop taking the same content and posting it everywhere where your users are, because you never know hey, maybe that one LinkedIn user comes across your piece of content and like, okay, that converts into a sale or converts into interest. So especially in this day and age, a lot of people like video. But then even on the video platforms, TikTok has skyrocketed in the last couple of years. I mean, if you ask people what TikTok was five years ago, nobody knew. Now it is a very, very prominent platform. Mainly because of the ease of it. I mean, it's not like with YouTube, which has been there again for some time. TikTok gives you the tools to edit your own content within their profile. They identified, hey, people liked videos. But what's great about it now is, you know, we've got YouTube shorts, you've got Facebook reels, the short form content that's matching TikTok. People are taking the same content from TikTok and posting it on their Facebook reels, posting it on YouTube shorts. So it really is just being where your market is, which is everywhere. And it's so much more simpler than it was going back five, six, even 10 years ago. So talking about new media, I mean, podcasting is only about 20 years old and it, and it has really grown in leaps and bounds, especially over the pandemic. And you're saying short form content is very popular, podcasting more long form content. And it seems as if it has a really good listen through rate as opposed to video. People sort of watch a little bit and then they get bored and off they go to the next thing. And I think it's about podcasting, you know, that you can multitask and drive to the, like you used to with radio, switch it on in your car and listen to something or do the washing or gardening or whatever. What is your opinion of podcasting as a content strategy? Well, if you look at you talking about radio, radio has been around, what, a couple of decades and it's still going strong. It's something that is a stock stand, like say people listen to their cars. Podcast is just the next step. Podcast is a bit more different because you can actually look for content that you enjoy and enjoy listening to versus listening on the radio and waiting for a certain time slot. So like I said, you know, you're doing your gardening. If you feel more productive in your gardening, listen to podcasts. 
hey, now you don't have to wait for a specific one. You can go out and look for it. And I think why podcast has also grown quite a lot in the last couple of years is because it's like it's very remarketable. You can repurpose that content. Like if you are recording it, like a video aspect of it, you can take, again, a short part of that and put it onto YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. And just marketing your own content without having to remake more content. Just repurpose it. And so I feel that's where podcasting in this day and age is getting a lot of traction. Because if you look at the guys who are most popular, I mean, you take a YouTuber like Logan Paul, who, you know, he's got his own podcast now called Impulse, I think it is. And people listen to it. He gets famous people on there. And most of their traction doesn't come from people going onto YouTube and watching the podcast or going into his channel watching the podcast. It's all these little micro videos that they make that markets it. And when those videos pop up on somebody's feed, Oh, that's pretty interesting. I enjoyed that minute and a half or four minutes that I've heard of this. Let me go in deeper. So again, with the way searches, you can really find that pretty much on any platform that you're willing to find it on. So I think that is why podcasts especially are becoming majorly popular in this modern age. I wrote a book about podcasting and it's called Become a Podmaster, Everything You Need to Know to Master the Art of Podcasting. It is available on Amazon. So if you want to go check that out, it'll tell you everything you need to know how to podcast uh, from A to Z, literally. You mentioned something really important and that's repurposing content. Copy and pasting something, I mean, it is one way of doing it. But if you have a podcast, you can, for instance, like you say, make snippets of it or use it as the source material for other content. And I've also written a book about that. If you want to read a bit about that, it's called Purposefully Repurposed for Profit. It's also available on Amazon. So tell me, Jason, do you have any tips or tricks or suggestions that somebody perhaps in a small business would find useful when we talk about content? Put yourself on the forefront. I think people like listen more to a person than a brand. And I think that's very important. If you're especially a small business owner, be on the forefront of your content. I mean, if you, again, let's say for instance, an e-commerce site, post videos of you reviewing the products that you have on your site is such a great way to really get your content out there. And even if you're looking at stuff like affiliate marketing, which is also quite popular because of you know, all these video platforms, you get other people to create content for you. I think in TikTok especially, there's so many videos out there of people using products, but you don't see their faces ever. You know, it's not the usual marketing strategy you usually see where people have to have a face. Now you've got that on there where people just have a bit of a soundtrack, a couple of words on the screen, and they've marketed a product. So I think especially with content, you know, it's again being there with your marketers and trying to give as many answers as possible to the questions that your users may be asking. And this is why I always mention the business owners or people high up is because they ask your industry experts. As a marketer myself, I can do as much research as I can on any particular business, on their competitors, etc. But that industry specialist will always be the client. They've known their business for much longer and they know their clients. I think it's very important for small businesses because I also overlook how simple it is to create content. You can create a five-minute video. You can have Facebook posts. So just showing, like, I mean, if you are a service expert, for instance, like an air conditioning company, you just show pictures of an installation that you did on Facebook and you're creating content which is engaging people. It's cost you nothing. Facebook is free. And it just costs you a few minutes to upload and post it and there it is. And I feel like that's kind of where this internet age is, especially with older POCs. I've got a few of older POCs and trying to explain what we do is so difficult because they're like, hey, I'm in the yellow pages. What more do I need? And you have to teach them. And they think, okay, let's do a website. They want to go for whatever looks technologically great. 
but it's really it's super simple these days. I mean, you can market a business without creating a website because, I mean, Google My Profile is super simple. I mean, that's a really basic. But again, Facebook, social media, especially is so great for just creating simple content. And it doesn't have to be in-depth research again. I mean, that does help. Once you have a basic plan out, like that is great to start doing research and reach more people. But just showing your business and showcasing it in the smallest ways, again, simple photo or even a Facebook post or even customer reviews is such a great way to build content. Do small case studies. Hey, we helped this client achieve this result because they had this problem. Really simple content to create, which doesn't take a lot of time and effort, but it's really super impactful. Because one thing I've also realized in this when building content is to make an emotional connection. I'm not sure if you've heard about this YouTube channel called Oh Dad, How Do I? No. What is it about? It actually came out in 2020. I've got the stats here. Just for anyone listening, socialblade.com is a great website if you want to see the stats of YouTube channels as YouTube users. It tells you how much money they make, how many subscribers they're building on. So it came out in April of 2020. And in their first month, he had 1,630 subscribers within the first month based off one video, which is how to make a tie. And it was because this guy, I mean, he's an elderly gentleman. And he was like, what would you be asking your father? Hey, how do you make a tie? That's what he does on his website. He creates an emotional connection with many males, you know, who are growing up in households. And you start realizing, hey, some of them didn't have fathers that they could ask this question to. And he creates that emotional connection within, and within a month, he grew such a big fan base. I think it was 9,000 something views within the first month. So, which is amazing. For, and now he's up to like 42,000 subscribers in two years, if not more, and then up to 4.7 million views. So creating that emotional connection with people is really, really so important. The link for that will be in the description. So make sure you go and click and that sounds really interesting. So what type of content do you create for your clients and what sort of clients do you work with? Well, I work with clients from all different industries, from simple mom and pop shops, which is your basic family-owned businesses to some a bit more public-traded businesses and the medical field. We create mainly website content with blog content, a few videos and social media posts. I think, again, that's really super impactful because we're now going to wherever the users are. That's a really important point is, is not everybody is on the same platform. I mean, oldies like me these days tend to hog Facebook and, and the younger crowd seems to be here on TikTok. I know the oldies are also going like, no, we've got to get onto TikTok now. But people get so intimidated, especially startup companies that need to get out there and need to get their message out there. They get so intimidated by content, like it's overwhelming. And they tend not to approach somebody like yourself because they think it's going to be very expensive. Is it expensive or is that just a myth? It depends where you go. I think with the level of what every digital marketing agency can provide, it does vary in price because there are some base services that they may have an internal software that they use, a certain reporting that they use. I do recommend it for any small businesses, start out on your own, just put the basics, creating content. And once you feel like you've plateaued and you understand a little bit of it, then start seeking more help. But it relatively isn't that expensive. It just depends where you go and what you're looking for your package. If you want someone to create those TikTok videos for you, that's going to cost a lot. But if you're just going to take a, a, I mean, a smartphone and do it yourself, I mean, a lot of TikTokers do that. There's another one called Daniel Mack. He runs up to people in nice cars, ask what to do for a living. Literally record it all on an iPhone. That's all he does and all he needs. And with a TikTok platform, he can do that. So if you can even create the content yourself, 
really go for it. Unless it is something that's like further outreach and if you feel like what you are doing is not effective. If you do go with an agency, it is great because they come through a lot more reporting and that experience. But if you're starting out and you feel you don't have the budget for it, there is so much that you can do on your own. Like I said, it's simple Facebook posts. It doesn't take a lot. The added bonus of having an agency comes with that experience that they do have and the resources they have in terms of building out resources for you and the amount of metrics that they can give back to you that's going to make sense to you in terms of how much traffic are you getting, how many leads are you getting, and looking at that data and interpreting the data in a way that says, okay, this is where our strategy is failing us, this is where it's doing great, and where we need to pivot or where we need to improve. So it can be expensive, but if you're a small business, it doesn't mean you cannot do it at all without an agency. Again, there's so many ways to make simple content. It's more of a matter of attrition than being popular. It's just people who have constantly made content that have now stood the test of time and are making a lot of money out of YouTube. It's just got to put content out there. The more content you put out, the better you get. There's two words that I stress in my book on podcasting. The one is passion. You have to be passionate about what you're doing because it's going to show. And the second thing is consistency. It doesn't help to make something, you know, now and then. And, and it's not only true for podcasting. It's true, like you say, for all content that you make. You can't just post onto LinkedIn once in a while when you feel like it. You've got to consistently be there, one, for the algorithm to see you, and two, for your clients to go like, oh, this guy's actually active or, you know, doing something all the time. That's a really important point. The other point that you've raised here, which I just want to ask about, is data. How much do you trust the data to point you the way forward? 100%. I use data in every move that I make with all my decisions. But again, it comes with the experience of understanding the data. Sometimes you'll see something that doesn't make sense. It could be negative. Like, for instance, we talk about bounce rates, how fast somebody came into your site and left or bounce on the page. People can be like, oh, I have a high bounce rate. That's super negative. Sometimes it's a good thing because if they're bouncing within your site, it can lead to like, hey, then my site navigation is good because they're moving within my site. They might not like my content, but my navigation is intuitive enough. I have enough avenues for them to keep checking and looking for what they want. And then you can obviously work back and try to give them those answers. But I mean, that's a negative that actually, it can be interpreted as a positive. So that really comes on with, Again, experience and understanding the data that you're looking at. There's something else like you can also look at something like session rate. If your session rate is dropping, pages per session, I'm sorry, dropping, that's not necessarily a bad thing because they're finding you to search. They are coming to a site, they found the page, and they go to maybe a next page, which is your conversion page. Then you've done your job versus seeing somebody's gone through 50 pages on your site. So Coming with data just comes with understanding it, but it really is very important to, to look at your data when making decisions. You can trust your gut as much as you want, and sometimes it does pay off, but the data will always tell the way. I know somebody on LinkedIn was saying the other day, you know, you've got to look at your posts and see what has worked, and you must only do it that way. But I also say to somebody, sometimes I just post what I like, because it is, is that honesty, and it is finding a way to create a connection with somebody. You were saying earlier that emotional connection that you need to have. I did a post recently about gratitude and a lot of people, well, one person commented, but a lot of people liked and engaged with it in, in some way. Like, you know, it speaks to people. I don't quite understand though, if you do something like that, how does that translate into money? <laughs> how do you monetize your content? Monetize your content, well, again, depends on your industry and what you're looking to do. So if you are an influencer and a content creator, you are looking for something that's different from businesses. You're looking for increased views. 
because that's how you make money with you know certain platforms, certain amount of views. As a small business, how it converts into money is, firstly, you're getting your brand out there. You're placing yourself in front of mind all those top of funnel users. Those top of funnel users are people who are doing research. They are not ready to make a purchase yet, but they are looking around. So you want to get out in front of them before anybody else. So by creating enough content that shows you as an expert and answers questions that they may have. Because I mean, how many times you've just been at home and you're wondering, oh, how do I do this? And you've Googled. If you have a plumbing issue, how to fix a broken pipe and you go find find a certain how-tos, you find YouTube videos, you try and you fail. And you're like, oh, now I need to find somebody. But if you found a how-to by an industry professional, you'll be, oh, okay, I remember that. I looked at this service near me that posted this. Maybe they can help me. And that's how you start converting those into leads. By showing that you're an industry leader and you know what you're talking about, but it also puts you in front of mind of a lot of users that you wouldn't necessarily do. I have put out so much content in the past nine years, even from freelance work, where it is a blog post that has reached so much traffic and starts becoming the high high converting content because they looked at it, they were intrigued, it taught them something and showed, hey, this product or even this industry or this business, they know what they're talking about. They're an expert. Not always will they convert on the same day. And that's something that people need to understand with content creation. Not everybody's knee-jerking. I mean, if you want knee-jerk reactions, you know, you're looking for paid searching and more advertising than anything else on Google. But it's more of a marathon than a sprint. People will look at the content and maybe take two, three weeks before they even make a decision. And that's sometimes where people, again, looking at data say, I've got so much of traffic on this page, but no one's converting. And then you see in a couple of months when maybe industry has changes and there's been some sort of trend or some issues happen, all of a sudden conversions are flying. Why? Because people knew about your business three months, four months before they even were ready to purchase. So that's why creating content is so important. It does just put you in front of mind of users. I think a lot of people, when they balk at the idea of the cost of it, they, they don't really realize the longevity of it, like you say. My example is I'm in another incarnation. I'm a hypnotherapist and I specialize in helping people to stop smoking. I had somebody approach me this week who had read a press release I had written the beginning of last year. And she had done some research and found some videos also from last year. And I'm like, no, I really like who you are and what you do. Can I make an appointment? And I go like, good grief. I didn't know that content was still out there. <laughs> Never mind that it's that it's actually still bringing people in. So, And I think people miss that point that this is a longer term investment. You know, it's not just for today. This is for next week, next month, next year. As you say, people are not always ready to buy straight away. But as long as you have them top of mind by feeding them some awesome, helpful content, they'll certainly come back. Exactly. And you never know when that person will be looking at the content, as you said. You know, somebody looked at it and it came out last year. But you never know when users down the line are going to have a problem that they need solved or have a question that they want answered. So creating as much content, it could be a year before that content sees any traction at all. I guess something happens in the industry or happens in you know, the real world. All of a sudden, you're now the expert because yours was the best and it helped a lot of people. So, like, I mean, that's why people always chase PPC a little bit too much versus the SEO side of just creating content. Because PPC as well, it's you can justify the results. I spent X amount this week and I got X amount leads back. You see it instantaneously. You can make changes. 
SEO is a bit harder because your content sees results months, sometimes even years later. So it's really hard to quantify for a lot of people, which is why content sort of gets a backseat in marketing strategies. Because again, PPC is easier. Again, for business owners, you, you don't understand that something's going to take six months to work. You want results today. And that's what a lot of people sell. I mean, PPC is great and it serves a purpose of getting instant results. But it has to go work hand in hand with your content creation and your SEO work. So that's also why you, you need to consider content as part of your bigger marketing mix so that you have things that will deliver today and tomorrow, but then also have this longevity in the content side of things that will get people to you later on. How do you make sure that the search engines understand what you're saying and they can push you up in the rankings? Well, it's so many factors. Google constantly tweaking their algorithm. And I feel like for many people that do SEO, myself included, it's frustrating because you'll have content that's ranking well and all of a sudden you see there's a whoop, there's been a bit of a dip. Because before search engines were building content or showing content for their crawlers, which is, you know, those little crawlers will go through sites and look for certain things. And Google's what they've really done very well versus other search platforms, which is still are many that are being used like DuckDuckGo, Bing. There's still, again, so many, depending what possibly world jars well they have their own versions of search but what they do is they try to create content for users so there are the fundamentals that need to be there. a certain amount of keywords so amount of keyword phrasing page speed image alt text there's all the technical stuff that goes in it but some of the biggest stuff with content which what helps you rank is your relevancy how relevant your content is and how fresh it is depending on what the topic is because all if you're looking for stats for 2022 if you see something for 2018 you're really going to just kind of pass it by. And then another thing is your backlink profile, which is something that is, again, with, with content has sort of been losing its way in what people understand it to be, especially with things like guest blogging. I mean, I think you've seen it, you on LinkedIn. How many times have people message you, hey, I can sell you a thousand links. That's very bad practices for anybody listening. Do not listen to them. Block, delete, whatever you do. But your backlink profile does play a big part in your SEO. So building relationships, with other customers having those referrals, even if it's you know, your own users, your customers. That's another thing that people always underestimate, the power of reviews. If you see five-star reviews or four-star reviews on a product, you're very happy with it. And I feel like that is, again, having customer feedback as part of your content strategy is so powerful. If you are reviewing the products that you are selling, you're giving an honest review, even if it's, you know, you, you don't give it a five-star review, you're selling it, but you don't give it a five-star review. That honesty and making emotional connection with people really does go a long way. Yeah, my business partner, every time I say, oh, look at this microphone or look at that, he says, let's look at the reviews first. <laughs> and then sometimes it comes <laughs> back like terrible, good price, but terrible product. Yeah, so reviews are obviously very important. Tell me, if anybody wants to see the kind of content that you create, where would they go to look? Well, because I'm basically doing a lot more client work, I've only started building my own content out recently. So currently I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. That is just my advice to anybody in digital marketing that I've started building out. Because I've also realized, again, talking about, as I said, people prefer to listen to a person than a brand. It's helped me as a marketing specialist with my own company. When people are like, hey, I've seen you on LinkedIn. I have all my clients on LinkedIn. They say, okay, they trust me more because they're starting to see, okay, he's posting about digital marketing. He must know what he's talking about. Let's trust him. So currently, I'm only on LinkedIn because obviously I can't share my client work with everybody. If I could, I would make some money off it, hopefully. But currently, LinkedIn, and then I've also just started a Twitter account again, just to share some advice, uh, try to share the things that have helped me. I feel in the digital marketing space, too much is 
kept to themselves. Nobody's sharing enough and having a conversation. There's a joke, I think it was somebody tweeted out. If you want 100 people to tell you how to do your job, start doing digital marketing because so <laughs> many people out there that think they know. So that's kind of what I'm trying to start promoters. Cut through all these black hats, the SEO and content marketing strategies and just start putting as much advice as can for mainly small businesses as people starting out in the industry. I will put Jason's LinkedIn link in the description. Please go and check out his profile and what he does and how he does it and make contact and uh, start a conversation. I think that's the main thing. When we did a training course earlier this year or last year about uh, LinkedIn, she said, the moment you get a, a new connection, get them offline and chat with them. It's no use just having hundreds of connections and, and you don't know who those people are. So I'm going to put Jason's LinkedIn within the description and please have a conversation and ask your questions and see what he does and you know, get some advice there. Thank you so much, Jason. Uh, that was very informative and thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cool. If you want to join the conversation, find Ethan and Hendrik on LinkedIn. Also, visit the Baird Media website to look at the range of content services we provide. You will find all the links in the podcast description.